There is a method to the madness of raising funds. I will talk about the sequential process of fundraising, explaining the terminology, frameworks, and also citing a few resources that will be of help to you. Fasten your seat belts. This is Jumpstart, where women-led early-stage beauty brands learn counterintuitive insights to accelerate from approximately $1 million to $20 to $100 million without spending a fortune on ads, influencers, or retailers. With your host, Rohit Banota, founder of Toronto-based Jump Accelerator and an XPNG. Let's together create a more humane, conscious, and beautiful planet, a woman's world. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Beauty startups need inventory. They need to hire people, and more importantly, they need to grow. Every startup in its journey reaches a stage where it feels the need for capital. One of the reasons beauty startups never scale up is they never put a deadline by when they want to initiate the hypergrowth or scaling up of their brand. And they see newer brands with similar or slightly evolved or sometimes even exactly the same ideas grow right past them and become big and iconic beauty brands. You can totally bootstrap and that's a separate discussion. But in today's episode, I am going to speak about how can a beauty brand raise seed funding when it's doing between 100,000 USD to a million dollar USD in annual revenues and get ready for hyper growth. I have listed my experience working with and advising beauty startups at Jump Accelerator and also have learned what are the best practices when it comes to raising money for early stage beauty brands. There is a method to the madness of raising funds. I will talk about the sequential process of fundraising, explaining the terminology, frameworks and also citing a few resources that will be of help to you. First, a little bit of background on the state of funding in the beauty industry. In the last four years, the amount invested in beauty has gone up by three times with close to $2 billion raised in 2021 in approximately 200 deals by beauty brands. According to Caitlin Strandberg, she is a partner in a VC firm, Lare Hippo, which has invested in skincare brand called Topicals and also a wellness brand called Cure Hydration She says that this industry is now coming of age. According to her, the M&A activity has picked up in beauty industry and also the valuations are touching a billion dollars. She goes on to say that still, this category is not very well understood by investors, mainly because close to 90% of investors are men. Another VC firm, True Beauty Ventures, which invests in beauty and wellness brands. For example, they've invested in a brand called Euthphoria. Their co-founder, Christina Nunez, says that investors typically look for disproportionate returns in a very short period of time, something which is observed quite frequently in tech, especially for brands that you know raise a lot of funding and then scale up pretty fast, but not as well observed in the beauty category. Also, beauty is a very inventory intensive nature as compared to some of the other sectors like tech. And that's why investors 
might have traditionally shied away from it, you know, unless and until they saw some very good traction. Let's talk about why does a beauty brand, why would a beauty brand need to raise money? Let's be clear, even without outside funding or capital, a beauty brand can still grow. A startup beauty brand, an early stage beauty brand can still make it to $10 million, but it might not grow that fast and it is likely to hit a plateau. Beyond $10 million, when the growth stage really, really happens, and you need to scale up, you would need money for paid acquisition, for inventory, for hiring a team, and also for supporting retail channels or any other channel for that matter, because now you want to scale up really, really big and fast. Up to $10 million, you can still do it on your own. It might not be that fast and you might face a lot of issues of cash, etc. but it is still totally possible. I have worked with brands that have gone up to $10 million and sometimes even beyond without raising any money from venture funds. The real reason to raise funds, which by the way, venture is not the only option to raise funds, but since we are talking about seed fund raising, the only reason or the real reason to raise funds is for the speed of growth. And if you want to become a high eight or a nine figure beauty brand, with or without an exit. And if you do not grow fast enough, someone else will. Having said that, it is much more important to grow profitably than to sacrifice profits for the sake of growth. Having said that, a lot of venture funding typically happens in those scenarios where you will not be profitable during that phase when the venture money is being poured in and hence the speed of growth. But that doesn't mean that you cannot do it. I know of brands, for example, Hero Cosmetics, the brand that exited for over $600 million a month or so back, but it was always profitable throughout its growth. In this episode, I'm talking about mainly venture capital or angel funding. But that doesn't mean that you have to raise money from outside. You can still make do with cash management. Also, like I said before, venture is not the only source of funding. There are many other ways you can raise money for your startup without diluting your equity. While there are a lot of investors out there who want to invest their money, the not so good news is that fundraising is an excruciatingly long, tiring and complicated process, especially for women-led beauty brands considering only 2.5% of women-led beauty brands ever get funded, mainly, and this is my assumption, because it's a pretty safe assumption, because 90% of investors are men who do not understand the category that well. Having said that, if you are really determined to fundraise, and if you have done your homework well and you've got an idea that is truly extremely incremental or disrupting the category and you can make that argument very convincingly, persuasively, for sure you can make it happen. So when or if to raise, raise money only when it will give your startup beauty brand or early stage beauty brand a clearly defined edge and vice versa to the investor. Raising capital is not the biggest indicator of a startup's or an early stage beauty brand success. 
Traction is the biggest indicator of your beauty brand's eventual success. In the words of Paul Graham, the founder of Y Combinator, Silicon Valley-based accelerator for mainly focused on tech, but they also fund and accelerate CPG brands, including beauty and skincare brands. According to PG, raise only when taking money from a fund can accelerate your growth and your growth capability is such that it is likely to attract funding. Also, try to avoid getting into the fundraising game if you do not have a persuasive pitch yet. What do I mean by persuasive pitch to the investors? Your pitch will be the most persuasive when you have validation for your value and growth hypothesis. These are the terms popularized by the lean startup author Eric Rice. Value hypothesis means the reason your loyal consumers are so and growth hypothesis means how you are acquiring new consumers. Validation for your value hypothesis means proving a causal link between any initiative around your brand that leads to higher consumer value which leads to higher loyalty and in the end desired incremental profits for the brand. Validation for growth hypothesis means proving a causal link between any tweaking that you might do with your growth initiatives and increase in new consumer acquisition for your beauty brand. The validation for value and growth hypothesis has to be complemented by your big vision the market opportunity, your ability to achieve it, all packaged in a story. One caveat here, since we borrowed this concept of value hypothesis and growth hypothesis from the lean startup author, Eric Rice, he also speaks about a minimum viable product, which works very well in the tech industry and can work to quite an extent even in beauty industry if the brand is truly disruptive in nature or you can show radical functional value, a radical functional increment over the current products that the consumer is used to using, then you can maybe go with a minimum viable product both to early consumers and even to an investor once you have some validation. But otherwise, I would not recommend you know, unless and until, like I said, your beauty brand is truly disrupting the category, meaning solving a problem that no one has solved before. If your beauty brand is doing that, then you can go with a minimum viable product to early consumers, get validation for traction, for value and growth hypothesis, and then approach, use this to approach the investors. I would not recommend in other scenarios, meaning if you offer incrementally better functional value, or you know, if your solution is not that novel in nature, I would say that you package it as a complete brand to the early consumers, and then with the validation, you go to the investors. And I say this because of this prevalent thought that consumption drives emotion, not the other way around. You cannot frame the challenge as the solution. The reason consumption is not happening because you do not have the money to advertise, 
launch with big retailers or you do not have that money and most likely you won't get it just because the odds are stacked against you. How many brands do get funded? And I just spoke about only 2.5% of women-led brands get funded. Hence, your chances of success are way, way higher if you can create a beauty brand which is worthy of advocacy even beyond the fact that functionally you might not be way, way beyond the existing solutions. Here is the chart where I explain how any beauty brand will be on a spectrum, either from left to right, either you will solve a problem that everyone else is solving and your solution has a higher quality. Or if you go to the second stop over, you will solve the same problem that other beauty brands are solving, but your solution will be new. And the last stop, the third stop is when you're solving a unique, unsolved problem. As you move between two and three, your chances of getting investment or validation for both value and growth by early consumers and then taking that to the investors, your chances of doing so successfully increase with a minimum viable product that is as you travel from two to three. If you are between the first and the second stopover, I would recommend that you do not go with an MVP to either the lead consumers or the investors. I hope I made my point. Now, how much should you raise? What is the amount that you should fundraise? The amount to raise depends upon how far advanced do you want to be by five years or at least by three years or the next milestone, whichever is sooner. There are four factors that determine the amount that you want to raise. First is your speed of growth. How fast do you want to grow versus the funding amount? Second is credibility with the investors. You need to have multiple plans where you show how different funding amounts will lead to different rates of growth and different futures for your beauty brand if you were to take the money, but you have to be very, very confident in articulating that taking investors' money is only going to increase the speed of growth. You are poised to grow very healthily any which ways. Using your growth and value hypothesis, you could create three different scenarios. They could be most likely best case scenario and minimum acceptable scenario for your brand and tie them to different levels of funding, years, and business results. You will ask for the cost of achieving those business results. You are not going to ask money taking accountability for the results that you want to achieve. You will ask for the cost of achieving those scenarios. The cost of mainly people, inventory, and investing in growth, whether it's marketing, etc., for two, three, and five years. Another reason to have multiple scenarios is you want to avoid rigid expectations of results. The other two factors influencing how much to raise are more of checks. The third factor and the first check is dilution. You do not want to dilute your equity more than 25% at this stage. Ideally, you should go for 10%, but most likely you'll end up giving 20% of your equity. The fourth factor, 
And the second check is looking at alternatives. Look at all the different alternatives that you have at your disposal or you can have for funding the amount of money that you need without diluting your equity before making up your mind that you have to go for venture financing. Another thing, there is no definite amount of funding that you need during the seed round. You know, you could go between 50,000 USD to $2 million USD, even though generally seed funding happens within the range of 200,000 USD to $1 million USD. Now let's look at different venture financing options. So venture financing generally happens in a sequential process and it has its own nomenclature. It usually starts with a seed round, then goes to series A, series B, series C, series D, series E, and then an acquisition or an IPO. Having said that, it is quite possible, and at times a round might straight away start, the venture financing might start from series A itself without any seed round. The chart here gives you a relative picture of the funding amount and the valuation for a brand or a startup during its different stages of evolution. And you can also find this chart on our website, jumpaccelerator.com. When you go and check out the transcript, you'll find the detailed chart there. And if you want it, you, can, you could always email me, rohit at jumpaccelerator.com, and I'll be more than happy to email you this chart. All right, coming back to different kinds of funding. Seed rounds are usually convertible debts or safe agreements, which is simple agreement for future equity. At Jump, we are currently exploring how can we evolve both these solutions for beauty brands that Jump will end up helping get funded by investors. Let's start with a convertible debt. So a convertible debt is a loan given by the investor to the startup with an agreement to repay the principal with an interest upon maturity and this payment happens by conversion and hence convertible. Conversion into equity when the startup does the equity round. The investor will usually either pay a set valuation or get a discount during the equity round. Discounts range from 10 to 20% and these are considered as seed premium for the investor. Convertible debt can include a callable option where the investor can force conversion into shares or ask for the money, the principal amount back with an interest. The second option is safe, which is like I said, simple agreement for future equity. It is quite like the convertible debt, but there is no maturity, there is no interest, and there is no need for payback to the investor. Usually they can carry, they can have a cap and have some kind of a discount. Let's come to equity. An equity round means that you are now setting up a valuation for your startup with a share price along with issuing new shares to the investors. Let's take an example. Let's say you are raising $1 million on a $2 million pre-money valuation. And let's say for example, you have 100,000 shares outstanding. So your current share price is, you are selling shares at $2 million, which was your pre-money valuation, divided by 
the number of outstanding shares, which is 100,000. So 2 million divided by 100,000 is equal to $1.20 is your share price. And to raise a million dollars at $20 share price, you will have to issue 50,000 new shares, which means your total number of outstanding shares would be 100,000 plus 50,000, which is equal to 150,000. And your post raise valuation will become $20, the share price into these 150,000 shares, which is equal to $3 million now. With a dilution of 100,000 became 150,000. So dilution is equal to 33.33%. Other considerations during an equity round are anti-dilution incentive plans, liquidation preferences, and protective provisions, etc. For each of these ways of funding, whether it's convertible debt, equity, or safe, please use legit and standard documents. So how do you know your beauty brand's valuation? How much is your beauty brand worth? There are three considerations. The objective is not to get a very high valuation. It's very, very, you know, it's highly misunderstood that the objective is to get a very high valuation. You should get A, a reasonable valuation, B, that helps you raise the amount of funding you want, and C, with a dilution that is satisfactory to you. But how do you arrive at valuation for your beauty brand? The answer is you don't. The investor does. Two investors will value your brand differently because their perceived risk and reward will be different. Obviously, because you're a startup or an early stage brand with a lot of uncertainty and that uncertainty is uncertain in itself. So, you know, there's risk in the amount of uncertainty as well, which means that two investors will perceive the amount of uncertainty, uh, risk and reward differently. And that's why the first investor will set the valuation for your beauty brand. Without the investor, you could look at similar beauty brands that have raised money in the same time period as you are trying to raise, or you can look at precedents of you know beauty brands in the past who have raised money, you know how much revenue they were doing, what is the potential that they have reached, and how much money did they raise, just to get a rough estimate of how to value your beauty brand, or suggested value to the investor. In the end, the investor will decide the valuation for your beauty brand. Cool. So this was the part one of a complete guide for seed fundraising for your beauty brand. In the second episode, and maybe there'll be a third too, but for now, in the second episode, I will cover the difference between VCs and angels. You know, what are the different options for women-led beauty brands beyond VCs and angels? How to create a fit list of investors? How to approach these investors, how to meet them, how to create a pitch deck, what are term sheets, what are the terms and conditions on which you want to raise money, what are the do's and don'ts of seed fundraising, equity crowdfunding, etc. And maybe a couple of more things to complete this guide of how to seed fundraise for your startup beauty brand, especially women-led beauty brand. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Go to our website www.jumpaccelerator.com that is J-U-M-P-A-C-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-O-R.com and take the quiz on how ready is your beauty brand 
for hyper growth. Also, do not forget to submit your application to our next batch of Jump Accelerator to accelerate your beauty brand to 20 to 100 million dollars without spending a fortune on ads, agencies, influencers or retailers.